The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your Wednesday Whip Around edition. It is week 12 of the NBA season. Today we're going to hit, as always, a wide range of topics. Uh, we'll be joined a little later by Ryan Knaus, who I think is going to open up the Ryan Knaus mailbag and answer some reader questions. But first we have Jared, Jared, I said Jared, 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 it's a D. <laughs> It's Jared, a D, yes. I was just actually responding to someone about Jarrett Allen, and that's why this happened. There you go. Uh, Jared Johnson is here to... Well, we I think we have a wide-ranging agenda here, so let's get right to it, Jared. First of all, you raised the idea. You and I are in the Roto World. Uh, we're in a Roto World League together. We Roto are. Roto World Staff League. And uh, as we get closer, really pretty much... I guess in some ways we're kind of right at the midway point of the season in terms yep. of weeks. You proposed that we we look back and do a little review of what went right and what went wrong in the draft. Yes, I did. So uh, where would you like to begin? Uh, where should we begin? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know the, the backstory of... So this league... Okay, let's uh, just take a step back. If we're at basically it's at the summer summer of 1978. <laughs> we're, we're at the midpoint of the fantasy season, so everyone should kind of know where they are right now. And uh, for me, not going uh, too well in this league, and uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. the not going well actually started with my very first pick in the first round. I don't know if you heard this story, but uh, what my plan to do was in the first round, I was like, all right, I'm going to get Trey Young. He's going to drop to me last pick. And uh, Doc is picking at number 10. I'm at the 12 spot. Right. I'm like, okay. And (laughs) Trey's still on the board. Trey's still on the board. Comes down to 10. Doc takes Trey off the board. Panic sets in. I'm completely (laughs) panicking. And I had gone over, I had like gone over this draft so many times in my head that I really did not think Andre Drummond was going to be there at at this point. So he's completely off my mind. I'm Mm -hmm. panicking. Wanted Trey Young. And I'm just like, uh, I'll get the best point guard available, Kyrie Irving. And I went with Gobert, too, <laughs> instead of Andre Drummond, which, not the worst thing in the world, but I wish I would have, you know, at least realized that Drummond was there, but I was spiraling right. down a panic hole. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Kyrie's season is, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not going too well. It's not going great. It's not going great. And yeah. you do have, uh, well, I have a few thoughts here. You do have Spencer Dinwiddie, who is has been as good as you possibly could have asked without Kyrie, but he's not an early round player. As no, good he's as top he, you know, 75. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like points, good points, good assists, all that. But yeah, he, he's just not the full-blown dynamo that Kyrie is. So amazing handcuff, but he's not Kyrie. No. So yeah. Well, it's interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about the challenge of picking toward the end of the first round in a little bit. You know, it's funny. Like I always try to be like, okay, these are the, the 12, however many I need to cover. These are the 13 players I need. If I'm picking 12th, 
I got to have 13 guys I w- I'm willing to take, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, you, it gets a little murky toward the end of that, and you're like, I think I have 10. You know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully one of those guys will be there. Yeah, and things went off the rails for me in this league right away because I picked first, and I took Steph Curry, and <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. Um, because I had been, uh, well, I had convinced myself that he was going to be a monster without Durant, not realizing, realizing the Warriors were kind of taking this year off. Yeah. Well, Anyhow, hey, I was right there with you, by the way. So. Yeah. And I mean, again, if he doesn't get completely smashed by Aaron Baines, he probably is just putting up dominant numbers right now with an occasional day off. Yes. So uh, my team is staying afloat in the middle of the pack in the playoff uh, hunt. But I don't think I quite have the juice to win this whole thing. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So, right. So let's uh, fast forward to round three. Okay. Okay. So I'm already I'm already not feeling good about what's going on. Right. So we're we're two picks in. I'm like, okay, well, I got Gobert. I like Gobert. Blah blah blah. So now we're we're back around three. Uh, the guys that I kind of had in my mind at this point was like Kristaps Porzingis. I really wanted Paul George. He was a guy mm-hmm. that I was really just trying to. I wanted him in a lot of leagues. I didn't get him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, how close were you to getting him in this league? Uh, one pick. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. 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 That happened, I believe, in the other league where I also had... I had the last pick in two leagues this year. It's been wonderful. Well, I- I'm curious. So, like, okay. So, round one, you came up two picks short of getting the guy you wanted in trade. Yes. Round two, did you want Doncic? Because you came up one short of, of getting Doncic. No, no, no. I was I, curious. I wasn't... Uh, I'll admit that I did not expect Doncic okay. to be a top five player. But, okay. Uh, Oh no no! I'm sorry. You took. I took Kyrie. Yes, I, I took Kyrie. Ignore I'd, what I said. Yeah. Kyrie was the 13 pick. Ignore yeah. what I said. Yeah, I, I convinced myself. Well, actually, also with these picks, I also um, I do it backwards because I'm. I, you know how it's a back-to-back pick, so I'll pick the guy that I'm going to pick second traditionally. Anyways, oh. it doesn't matter. Well, no. Now I, I want to dive into this. Why do you do that? <laughs> uh, just to mess with people. Gotcha. <laughs> because I I think it's irrelevant. I mean, it's it's they're two picks back to back, so I just flip them. Right. You're trying to boost Gobert's confidence by being like, "Hey, you were yeah. the 12th pick, buddy. Hey, man. You you're the <laughs> yeah. man. I like you better than Kyrie." Okay, so round okay. three. Round three. Uh, yes. And uh, now nine times out of ten, I'm going Clint, Clint Capella here. Sure. But you gotta. Hey, uh, I am a Dubs homer. I'm from the Bay Area. I wanted Draymond Green on one of my teams. Just okay. one. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Steph Curry would break his hand five games in the season and miss three months, I probably would have, you know, downgraded Dre a little bit. Yeah, yeah slightly. <laughs> but, slightly. Okay. I picked Dre, and uh, I'll defend myself a little bit. I mean, he was incredible for the past Four years and his numbers without KD the last time were really good. Again, I wouldn't have this opinion if I knew that Steph was going to go down four games into the season. Right. Uh, and then I follow that up with bust of the year, Mike Conley. 100% on me. See, the, the thing when I was saying Mike Conley earlier in the year, what I really meant to say was Bo, Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, I knew that someone was going to pick up the slack offensively. I figured it would be this guy that was coming off a 21-point season. It was actually this other guy, Bogdanovich. And, uh, you know, I can't beat myself up too much. I mean, I this year, it's just really, I'm never going to draft anyone over the age of 30 ever again. <laughs> but, 
I think Mike Gallagher said uh, when we were talking a few weeks ago, like I'm he's lowering it to like 25. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, come on. I mean, it doesn't quite. It's not an absolute rule that like look at LeBron, right? Exactly. 35. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's obviously a freak. But Lamarcus Aldridge has been amazing. He's been a top 15 guy, and he's 34. That's true. Uh, Harden is over 30. Uh, who else? Which uh, is the weirdest. It it's just so strange how hard Mike Conley fell off this year. Yeah, and I mean, I took him in the Yahoo Friends and Family League pretty early, and I, so I honestly, I think I could nitpick the Draymond pick more than the Conley one, but again, I think the Draymond one is probably a hindsight thing as well. Oh, so. yeah, well, and I think you're completely right with that. Like, I, I knew that I was taking a risk in Dre because even if, you know, Steph was uh, healthy, I, I knew that the Warriors weren't going to be very good this year. Right. I don't think anyone was coming into the season being like, hey, Mike Conley's going to be a bust. Right. <laughs> and, you know, like, a guy can't be a bust if you already thought he was going to be a bust. A bust is determined by we had high expectations and right. they severely undermeet them. So yeah. here's, the fun, here's the funny thing. I don't mean to cut you off there, but there's always a story like, oh, I imagine, imagine if someone in a league ended up with this guy, that guy, and that guy. You kind of have that draft right now because yep. <laughs> you have Kyrie, Draymond, and uh, who's you, oh Conley, Mike Conley, yes, all three just complete disasters. Oh, the get, good what, news is the worse. good news is in round five, <laughs> you go with. Uh, so in round five, <laughs> okay. Let me try to just put myself back. I was back. trying to do like a, a fake out setup <laughs> there. Put, let me put my... Uh, do you want me to say the name for you? You can... It hurts a little bit too much. In, with the 60th pick in the Roto World Staff League, everyone loves Draymond selects Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> Chicago. And it's just like... Okay. Just backtrack... I'm going to say if you go into a draft and you whiff badly on two through five, you're probably not going to have a good season. I think that's a reasonable thing to say. Yeah. Um, I guess I should have been paying more attention to what Jim Boylan was saying about Otto Porter preseason. Mm-hmm. I guess I perhaps I just kind of automatically automatically roll, roll my nice. I kind of just roll my eyes whenever I hear Jim Boylan talk. So perhaps I should have paid a little bit more attention that they were talking about resting him. But man, the guy that played this season, okay, here was my logic for picking Otto Porter. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but you know, we have faded him in the past and he's pretty much consistently been a top 20 guy for a while now. And he mm-hmm. had that really nice stretch in Chicago. So I was like, okay, there's something here. Uh, we're at the back around five. Couldn't have gone worse. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, okay. You know what? I was impressed by his Chicago numbers too. It's just, yeah. I, I think, like you said, you could have paid more attention, but that's just that's also just bad luck. But I will say, and this is this is being dead serious, your pick in round six is a beaut. And I was really mad when you took this dude, Kelly Oubre. <laughs> this is the only guy that I kind of. I'm a very big believer in not putting all my eggs in one basket. So pretty much every single one of my teams is different. Kelly Oubre is kind of the only guy that I have in every single league. Well, and Kelly Oubre was a guy I was setting out to get in every single league, and this is 
one of the the few leagues that I really care about where I didn't get him and I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad that I at least got you on one thing because you are going to make me furious a couple rounds from now. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we can skip uh, seven and eight. I went with Warren and Adams. I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, no gripes there. Now we're going to move on to nine ten. Okay. Uh, now that this is where I get my handcuff in Spencer Dinwiddie, you, I have to make that pick because I had Kyrie, right? And and a great pick. Yeah, what, solid. A, what a pick. Works out. So here's 10. Now this is traditionally when I would have picked Will Barton in any other league. But because this is Roto World's League and this draft is actually kind of hilarious because we're all just sniping each other. Mm-hmm. I know right here that Doc wants Tari and Prince. And, and, <laughs> and he's going to pick in two picks. So I'm just like... Uh, screw it. This is going to be hilarious. I'm going to snipe. I'm going to snipe uh, Doc. And I think I did a draft the day before this where I got Will Barton at like the back of 12. So I was mm. just so sure that no one in this league had Will Barton on their radar. He, he, Will Barton's another guy that I have in most of my leagues. Just because I, I kept getting it. It seemed, it seemed like no one was uh, even considering him. Same and then here. Mr... Matt Straup. <laughs> I feel like you made this because Darren, Darius Garland went right before it. Am I right about that? I did I did want Garland, and I was upset, and I have since traded for Garland. But I do think it's funny that this happened because of the Trey. I think it's because of the Trey Young thing. You were trying to yes. get revenge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Will Barton is, it seems like somehow every year is a value in drafts this year is because he was hurt last year but in other years people just like kind of overlook him yeah and what a beast i love will barton and he's been everything i would have hoped for this season yeah um and you've been trying to trade for him i will give you credit i mean you you've been knocking on my door uh to try to acquire barton there may have been an offer recently that included torian prince and barton <laughs> in it uh but i'm uh it's gonna be hard to move me yeah move me on that one yeah he's he's having a phenomenal season and that's uh, I just wish <laughs> I wish that I was less petty with Doc and just went with my heart and got Barton. Yeah. But uh, there's a lesson there. I think there's a lesson there. But uh, there. I don't know. My my draft went so poorly in the beginning there. I don't really think any of these picks matter <laughs> at this well, point. Well, do you? So do you have any others that you're really? Uh, I'm looking through the rest of it. Uh, kind of the rest of it. I think that there's not. Um, yeah, this is a crazy deep league. A so. lot there. I'd say that the the players that get picked after this point, so basically after 12, the guys that I see, Jalen Brown, which was a flyer who turned out really well. Yeah. Uh, Enos Cantor, who's who's playing better lately. Paul Millsap's been an old guy, steady good. Uh, Rachon Holmes came off the board really late. Danwell House. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of been weird lately Goran Dragic and, and Nerlens Noel but that's pretty much the rest of the guys that I see after 12 mm-hmm. it's Derek Rose Derek Rose yeah. round 14 whether you like him or not has been like a top 100 guy this year yeah for sure but yeah totally for me where things really went wrong I think was pick 20 well Curry first and then with my second pick with John Collins still on the board I oh. took Mitchell Robinson yeah and I mean I honestly how you're an Atlanta guy? I know. I honestly, I have no. I I can't. Ex- I honestly can't explain it. I really <laughs> and can't you explain it. Drafted Curry and then you paired it with Drummond I really, and Mitch. I really can't. Yeah, and that took Drummond who I traded for for Nikola Vucevic, which I don't really have any problem with. Although Drummond's been slightly better, but Vuce has been mostly what I hoped he'd yeah, be. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I can't explain it. I don't know. I think I was thinking if I get Mitchell Robinson, I have I'm getting three blocks a game, which hasn't been the case. Well, he has <laughs> been much better lately, though. Let's he has. That. He has, and the number of times I offered him to Tommy Beer for John Collins, <laughs> Tommy, a New York guy, me, an Atlanta guy, and Tommy just every time turned me down. And even when Collins was suspended, I was offering that, and yeah. he wouldn't take it. Yeah. So Tommy is is a very disciplined guy, and I don't like him much anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyhow, that's uh, that's a, a draft that happened. I was looking at like the... Yahoo average draft position and something yeah. that's kind of really strange about this season is there was a ton of busts from three to four like more than usual um round three to round four yes uh, okay so. I, I don't want to say I'm not going to call Mitchell Robinson a bust yet but you know it, it was rough going he's been much better lately but definitely hasn't met expectations if you took yeah, him that he's early been, he's been a low-level bust mm-hmm De'Aaron Fox isn't ranked well, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but you could make a case there. Buddy Heald, he's coming on better lately, but rough start. Uh, his value is actually really tied to Fox. Kristaps Porzingis was round three a lot. Uh, he hasn't quite yet met it, but um, not the worst case. And then, you, of course, Trey. D'Angelo Russell, who we haven't really talked about, but mm-hmm. he was a guy who I faded just uh, anyways. And then Mike Conley and Otto Porter. It's just like a, a, a kind of a lot of names in that mm-hmm. range. And then also there was a lot of busts in seven in uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Mark Gasol, Miles Bridges, uh, Lonzo Ball, who's playing better now, and Larry Nance Jr. For me, a big takeaway here is that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George went in the third round of this league. And... Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, both of those guys should have gone no later than round two. Really, both yes. of those guys should have, both those guys should have gone top fifteen. Yeah, well, <laughs> with oh, this happened right before the the. So we knew that Paul George is going to be out until November when this. So that's why he dropped so far. I know, but we overreact so much. Well, yeah, to, I to was short term thing. I one hundred percent agree, and uh, yeah, actually, we filmed. Uh, a video at the start of the season and I was campaigning that Paul George should not be faded as much as he was. I remember, speaking of Tommy, since he's not here, I'm just going to say this about him. I remember I was, I think this was my hometown league. I was, I had the seven pick and I was said, I was thinking about taking Paul George at, what would that be, 14? Mm-hmm. And Tommy was like, ooh, 14, I don't know, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> I, he talked me out of it. And the point is, I was ready to be talked out of it, you know, as opposed to sticking to sticking to it and saying, no, I'm taking it 14. I think it's going to be smart. That's funny because done. in the video, Tommy was in the segment and he gave me the hardest pushback against Paul George when we made that uh, comment. So uh, Tommy's just Tommy. ruining Paul George's uh, draft position. And yeah. And depriving me of John Collins. So this is just us griping Tommy. against Tommy. Tommy? Tommy. Yeah, I think you're listening, Tommy. You've heard us. You've heard it. Uh, okay, so I think this has led you, since you picked 12th in this league, yep. um, you love a good snake draft. Am I right about that? Uh, that's couldn't be more inaccurate, <laughs> my friend. I absolutely absolutely hate snake traps so now is the point of the podcast where i make a majority of our audience mad um (laughs) i just i really okay let me ask you this question okay you're gonna you have the opportunity to have the last pick or literally any other pick what do you pick 
you're in a league, you're going to okay. pay a big money, whatever big money is to you. You have the option of having the last pick or literally any other pick. What choice do you take? In most cases, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably rather, because there are several leagues where I was like seventh, for example, and I got Lillard, and mm-hmm. and that obviously has worked out really well. So yeah, I, I would rather, yeah, absolutely. Okay. No question. Uh, let's yeah. say uh, just you're in like a huge money league. It's like, um, I don't know, like $10,000. Okay. I'm sweating. <laughs> you can have the last pick. You're guaranteed the last pick, or you can have an auction draft. What do you choose? Uh, okay, well, this is where I will give you a, a slightly longer answer and say that I don't think I'm very good at auctions. I, I have not done a, like a ton of auctions. Um, one of my main leagues used to be an auction league, and I kind of openly campaigned against it. And Why? I, why? I think that an auction, an online auction, is extremely random. And there's a lot of just weird stuff that happens if you're not sitting in a room with everyone and, you know, you've got like a digital timer that like counts you down and you don't know who's getting ready to bid. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot of chaos and craziness, I think. And it's just, it ends up being super random. And I think I have a lot better chance of getting a team I like in a traditional snake draft, no matter where I'm picking. It just never has made much sense to me. You know, when it's my turn to nominate, should I nominate a guy I want, a guy I don't want? And I swear, every time I've done an auction, I've always tried to bid someone up just a little bit, and then I end up with that dude and <laughs> ruins my team. So then I'm just like, I'm not even going to bid unless it's the guy I want. And I don't think it's that fun of an experience for me personally. I'm actually, I, understand, I understand why people like it, though. I'm actually really glad that you uh, made that argument because to this point, really the only argument I've heard is, it's too long. Oh, no, I don't care about that. And it's I, just like, I, you're going to spend three months on this. <laughs> like, no, let's draft for three days yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Make it, yeah, no. So just let me make my case for an auction. Well, versus a snake draft. Because you already you already conceded if you could choose to not be the last pick, you wouldn't choose it. And I think there's a reason why you said that. Because you're at a disadvantage if you have the last pick. I, I don't you think... Are at a di- you are at a disadvantage. I'm not even going to argue against that. And, yeah. okay, it's one thing to be at a disadvantage in a normal league. It's another thing to be at a disadvantage in a league of freaking experts. Like, I'm, I'm having to choose the guy that 12 other, or 11 other people didn't pick. Fine. Right. And, okay, fine. I made, a, I made some mistakes. And I'll, okay. But the, <laughs> I, I think the mistakes in a, in a snake draft are so much more brutal than an auction draft. Because in an auction draft, you can hedge your bets more. For example, I could have, maybe I would have Draymond Green, but I would for sure also have Clint Capella and John Collins. I wouldn't have to make that decision. I might have uh, Mike Conley, but he might only cost 10 Whereas, it, so a $10 bid is not nearly the same as a fourth round pick. And, and just, yeah. uh, I'm just going to go over, I, I did some research. I don't have a ton of uh, data on snakes because... For the, for the past like five years, I've pretty much exclusively done auctions. And I thought I had pretty much rid myself of the snake draft format until this league. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so out of all the leagues that I've, that I've had a snake draft in, how many would you guess the last pick finished in the playoffs or as a top three team? What would be your guess? In the playoffs? Or a top three team. Okay, I'm just going to say 
45 percent. yeah it's zero you li- there's literally there's never been literally a team never been pick. a team with the last pick who has finished even in the playoffs or in the top 10 all right sorry the top three that's been my experience well that's wild i didn't go back and check all my leagues but let me let me say this though okay you're definitely at a disadvantage picking toward the end of the first round but there was a way to like so in this league if you picked 10th or if you picked 11th or 12th which you did you could have gotten luca and lebron or you could have gotten luca and drummond or lebron and drummond there was a blueprint to coming or butler there is a blueprint to coming away with a, a really good team still in the early rounds you just have it's less of an obvious path and you had to probably take more of a gamble to to make it happen for sure or paul, I, I'm, paul george I, i'm not saying yeah. i'm not saying that it's impossible yeah i'm saying that it's far less likely but the most important point i want to make here is that if this was an auction draft i would not have Kyrie. He's not a guy I would have targeted to be my best player. I would definitely have a Damian Lillard, maybe a Nikola Jokic, but I wouldn't have had to invest my best player on someone with as much risk as Kyrie Irving. Whereas in a snake draft, the way that I thought about it was, hey, I have the last pick here. I need to take a risk. And by the way... On a per-game basis, Kyrie Irving has been the fourth-best player in fantasy hoops. It's just unfortunate that he also has the shoulder of an 85-year-old man. (laughs) But, yeah, that's my point, is that I would not have a lot of the guys that I have on my team had this been an auction league. I just think the most fair way to go about a draft is to not constrain people to positions and let everyone bid on the players that they want. Yeah. So you you have done auction leagues. I have. When you did the auction leagues, uh, did you go with a stars and scrubs or a balanced approach? I probably have tried both, but it's been a while since I've done an auction. Just like you tried to rid your life of snake traps, I've basically rid my life of auctions. <laughs> so, I, okay, I've done a ton of auctions and... Um, I I have one with the balance approach, which the equivalent is like, that's like a late round pick basically. Mm -hmm. But far more often, I see the stars and scrub strategy win, which is essentially saying it's a top pick. Because I think, I mean, I don't think this is really all that controversial. You need just one of those top eight-ish elite players to get you over the hump. For example... Let's say in this league, I had the fourth pick and I drafted James Harden. With a guy like James Harden, I could still brick badly on some of those third and fourth round picks and have a shot because of the ridiculousness of the lines that Harden is going to give me as opposed to whoever was available with the last pick. No, no question. No question. I mean, top heavy is the way to go. And I do think that's easier to pull off in an auction and uh, yeah, you can just spend most of your money on on a couple of studs, and if they pan out, you can get some good players late. Like you could have gotten Will Barton super late in an auction, mm-hmm. etc. So, I get it. It's just not. Ah, I just I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. And I guess the the last thing I'll say here is, um, 
I just hate how snakes really, they limit what I can put on my team, right? So, you know, the first two picks, I pretty much had a wide open field. I could have gone with LeBron, like you said. I could have gone with Drummond. I, I, would, have had a, I would have had a better base there. But when it came to the back around three, I hate that I wasn't able to get a John Collins or a Paul George because that or a Bam Adebayo. Like, the, uh-huh. these are the guys who I actually wanted. I settled for Draymond because it's a snake draft. And, you know, I, I mean, I should have gone Capella, which I would have done nine times out of ten, but I'm Homer. But I just, I hate being confined to certain players. Well, I think we should I think we should have stopped there, Jared, if we're really doing. I think we just really had a breakthrough there. <laughs> I hate being confined. I think that's what we learned today, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's really annoying when you're in a certain draft position, and you know, you can't get certain guys. And I do get that. I think if you have a situation where you can get everyone together and everyone likes au- doing auctions and everyone has done a bunch of them and knows what's going on. And I think that could be a really fun experience and I get it. But I think for a lot of us, the auction is a little overwhelming. It's a lot easier to say, oh, so-and-so has been going in the second round as opposed to, or third round as opposed to like so-and-so, should I pay $37 for this guy? It's just a lot more unfamiliar territory for many of us. And I will give you that. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, I have found it to be really random when I've done it, or I just haven't felt like I've come away with a good team and I, it just makes me mad. <laughs> I don't like to be unconfined. I need rules. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, have we uh, we've reached a friendly impasse? I think here. Yes. You can follow him on Twitter at j underscore the underscore truth. Jared, thank you for joining me. As always, it's been a pleasure. No problem, Matt. Recording. Recording. We're joined now by Ryan Kanaus. Ryan, I think we were going to open up the mailbag, but right before we came on here, you texted me and you said wow blake yeah he just had left knee debridement surgery there is no timetable for his return and unfortunately this was predictable right the pistons shut him down yeah we also we saw all saw this debridement yeah, coming exactly and the strangest word he, okay. uh, i mean he was already toast before this wouldn't you say it it was certainly seemed to be trending that way yeah yeah he was outside the top 150 in almost any format uh, just didn't look like himself, so we figured we figured something was coming, and he was a glaring shutdown candidate anyway. So this shouldn't take too many owners by surprise. Just cut your losses, cut them, and move on. Seku Dumboya of the Pistons, the the 19 year old rookie, has made a little noise lately with Griffin out, and that was we all had kind of been saying, oh, stash Christian Wood. Well, Dumboya is getting more minutes at the moment. What are your thoughts on? Uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, he's looked really impressive. He started out with two double-doubles. Uh, he's been put on the opposing team's best wing defender every single night. Kind of trial by fire there. Double-digit points again versus, in a tough matchup versus LeBron. Uh, he did eventually foul out. Fouls have been sort of an issue, but um, he's impressive. The defensive stats are there. He can rebound the ball. He can hit threes. So I say pick him up, see where it goes. The Pistons are a bad team. They're only going to turn these young guys loose even more as the season goes on. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm only slightly worried about his shooting because he's 
you know, during the three-game run where he's played well, uh, heading into Tuesday, he had shot 42% from the field, 33% on threes, and like 66 from the line. That's a really small sample size. But that would be my only question is what kind of what kind of guy is he going to be in percentages? Because we often see that from rookies, you know, Jarrett Culver, for example, putting up some really good counting stats, but shooting badly, RJ Barrett, bad percentages, etc. So I think that's really my main concern, but I do like him as a pickup to see where it goes. Yeah, that's a fair concern. And honestly, I don't really know much of his background, so I don't have any context for how good or bad of a shooter he is. So uh, I'm just going on what we've seen recently. He was barely in the rotation all season until this sudden three-game run. So kind of an, kind of an unknown quantity. Yeah, and he was not really supposed to play for the Pistons this year. I I read something. I, I want to say it was in The Athletic a, a month or two ago where it basically said, you know, he's going to be a developmental player this season. Essentially, don't expect to see him play a lot. But obviously, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's shown enough that, that they've changed course. Indeed, this guy was born. To, this might depress. I don't know. You know, for someone my age, he was born December twenty third, two thousand. That's why. So he just turned nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he just turned nineteen so like two weeks ago. He, yeah, there's yeah. a reason why they they thought that he would just be a you know a development guy, yeah. get some minutes in the G League, and go from there. But here he is playing thirty five minutes a game. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. So did you? Uh, did you have any uh, any mail you wanted to answer while we're here? Yeah, let's let's hop into a couple. Let's, okay, yeah, let's let's do this. I had some softballs queued up, but I'll skip over those. <laughs> let's go with uh, so here, here's a good one for the upcoming back to back two game week for Charlotte. So they have two games next week and the week following. Uh, who would you drop if you had to drop either Miles Bridges or PJ Washington? Ooh, ouch! I don't feel great about dropping either one to be honest, but I would drop if you're forcing me to. If the game is I have to drop one, yeah. I am dropping bridges. Okay. I, I would say the same thing. Now, can I – I hope you're not looking at their stats. I wanted to run a little little test on you. So player one in this scenario is averaging 12.6 points, 5.4 boards, 1.9 assists, 1.4 threes, 0.9 steals, 0.9 blocks. Okay? That's player one. Okay. Yeah. Player yep. two is averaging 12.1 points, 5.5 boards, 1.8 assists, 1.4 threes, 0.6 steals, 0.7 blocks. Do you have any idea which is which, P.J. Washington or Miles Bridges? I think player one is P.J. Washington. Man, gold star. <laughs> I did. I, I promise a, I didn't look that up. No, that's good. I, I had a hint that uh, player one is shooting 65% from the line. Player two is at 80. So the only real caveat uh, for Washington, but they're both, they're like mirror images of each other. It's kind of freaky. Yeah, I think Washington... I would, I would rather have Washington, period. And yeah. he did, I think his points were up something like to 14 per game in um, December after averaging like 11 in November. So he doesn't feel like a huge ceiling guy for me, but if he's gradually improving like that, it could actually look really good for him late in the season. I agree. And his minutes have been super reliable, whereas we've seen Bridges get yanked early a couple times. Uh, we've, you know, Marvin Williams cut into his minutes. We saw uh, Dwayne Bacon took over for him a couple games ago. So I just, I'll stick with Washington. Um, yeah. So we're, we're on the same page there. Uh, here's a question. Do I need Troy Brown or Ish Smith? My only cut candidate is OG Ananobi. I own Beal, by the way. So Troy Brown or Ish Smith, and you have to cut OG. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Troy Brown Jr. for me. Interesting. Ish Smith has been really on a heater lately. He had a 32 point game over the weekend, and then he had 
uh, I think that was over the weekend, and then he had 27 yeah. points on Monday night. Now, that obviously will look a lot different when Beal is back, but again, with Isaiah Thomas, uh, a constant question mark, I do think there are plenty of good days ahead for Ish Smith this season. Would I cut Ananobi, who has cooled off since the start of the season, but is still a top 100 guy? You're saying you would cut Ananobi for Troy Brown at this point? I think so. Troy Brown's had some really nice games. You know, the Wizards, Ish Smith a little bit worries me because a he's shooting 64 percent during this two game sample what that's that's sustainable yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, for a 43 percent career shooter sure um and obviously the beal factor but troy brown you know he plays a position of need for them he's going to get tons of minutes and come march and april he could be playing 36 minutes a game for all we know um i just i like his upside a little bit more than og put it that way okay uh okay i think if I was going to do it, I would I would do it for the upside guy. And Ish Smith, as as much as I like Ish Smith as a pickup. Sure, great streaming play. Possibly a river, possibly a river situation. And I have more about the river in a minute. <laughs> okay. But um, what's my point? Ananobi, the last month I was going to look at, has been more like a top 150 guy. So he really has lost a lot of steam after his thrilling start. So I think I'm okay with that. This sounds like a shallow-ish league. Yeah. And in that case, I'm okay with making the move for Troy Brown Jr. or Smith. But yeah, Troy Brown Jr., I think maybe will have value regardless, whereas uh, Ish Smith might be a little more tied to Beal and Thomas. I like it. Um, What's next? L- let's go with Larry asked a few days ago, would you trade Damian Lillard and Jonas Valanciunas for Carl Anthony Towns? Ooh, uh, kind of a question of risk tolerance, right? Because obviously, yeah. with Cat, you don't know he's still hurt. He, he's been out for weeks. We, we kind of a lack of clarity there. Could he be shut down? The Wolves are only one game into the playoffs right now, so that helps. But mm-hmm. yeah, I want to say this depends on where you are in the standings and how much you feel like you need to gamble. I think if your team is really good, I think you really need to ask yourself: Am I just being reckless here? However, if your team is not where you want to be in the standings, I think I'd probably roll the dice on this. And and shoot for Cat? Yes. Yeah, I'm yes. with you. I think especially if you're adrift, you know, you're in sixth place, eighth place, you're yes. kind of splitting, splitting matchups, yes. and you, you realize you don't have the firepower to win it all, then yeah, sure, take a shot on Cat. He's, he's easily the best player in this deal. As good as Dame is, you know, Cat has number one upside per game. So um, I'm with you there as well. Do we have time for one more? Do you want to get into your, your, your rivering? I think, uh, uh, let, let's go quickly one more. Okay. Quick quick one more. Uh, let's see. We've got... Sorry. Uh, what's the lowest you would sell Kyrie Irving, especially if you're in win-now mode, to get back into the playoff picture? Ooh. I'm saying any. if I could get any reliable top 75 guy, I have to do that. It's a sunk cost kind of thing. Like, you've held him this long, it's painful to give him up for so cheap. But we have no clue when he's going to return. He can't lift his shoulder above his head. Is that bad? He hasn't ruled out surgery. (laughs) For a shooter, it's not great. Right. (sighs) You're saying a top 75 guy? I think I'd have to, Matt. Okay, just looking. I think I'd aim a little higher than that. I think I'd aim a little higher than that, personally. I mean, do you have Dinwiddie? I think is kind of a, a key question here. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to assume this person doesn't. Yeah, let's say you don't. For the sake of this exercise, I think I, I it's got to be for me someone with with some kind of ceiling that they have not hit this season, okay, right? So you wouldn't trade him for Ricky Rubio, say? 
I don't think I would. Yeah. I don't think I would. I mean, is that crazy? I don't think that's crazy at all. But I guess I'm just trying to be a little greedy here. Like Mitchell Robinson, for example, right? That's just a name. That's a top 50 name. Is the other guy going to do that? Probably not. Maybe not. But you got you at least try. You know, aim for yeah. someone with some upside like that. I hate selling low. I mean, I traded Steph Curry for for Sadoransky earlier this year in the Roto World League yeah. after Curry got hurt. And I haven't regretted that so far, to be honest with you. And Sadoransky is more like a, you know, a top 90 guy. Yeah, something so. like that. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna trade Kyrie, aim for the top teams in your league because they're probably confident they can carry his dead weight. You know what I mean? So maybe right. maybe they'll give up a little more value because they're not so worried about him racking up DMs. Yes, aim for the confident guy, and then and in the process, you hopefully make his team worse anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. I like that. Uh, quickly, I just want to mention. I noticed. I did notice the word "rivering" in a blurb the other day on Roto World. Was that you? I, it would have had to be, right? <laughs> I think I put it in one blurb. I was I was debating it because I was like, I, only podcast listeners know what this means. But we introduced this idea. Yeah. Yes, we introduced this idea a couple weeks ago that streaming for a longer stretch is not streaming; it's rivering. And then they make it to the ocean if they establish season-long value. So I thought that was really funny. I did a double take when I saw that, and then I saw. Something I saw a Damian Lee blurb, and I'm just going to read you this last sentence. Uh-huh. It's about the Woj news that the Warriors plan to keep Damian Lee. Great news. Uh, it's not clear how long it will take Lee and the Warriors to reach an agreement. This is from Roto World, but this is great news for anyone who has been streaming him in recent weeks. Oh, no. see, this is great news for anyone usage. who has been rivering, rivering. Him in recent yes. weeks. We'll have to yes. talk to and, the author of that blurb. Right, and you wouldn't even need in recent weeks if you use the word rivering uh, because we we know that rivering is a long-term endeavor. Concision, so I think we just save time. And <laughs> Anyways, just a little note for you there, Ryan. You're very good. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, well. Closing up the mailbag. We're closing. Uh, yes, please officially close the mailbag. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Knaus underscore RW. Ryan. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. All right, that will do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. Thanks once again to Jared Johnson and Ryan Knauss for joining me. Mike Gallagher is back on Friday with his regular episode. We are back on Monday with Waiver Wired Podcast. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.